Welcome to Next Steps, the midweek podcast from Blackhawk Church, where we dig further into the message from Sunday and explore how to apply it to our lives. I'm Tiffany Malloy, one of the pastors here, and with me is Pastor Chris Scott. Hey, everyone. Uh, man, it is good to be here and to be jumping into some of the things we'll be talking about today because, gosh, it's kind of been a crazy week in our country, right? Um, we're recording this a little less than a week before it'll be released, so I'm sure a lot will change by the time this even comes out. But I don't know, you guys. Um, if I'm honest, this has all kind of been disorienting and, and hard to watch, so I'm glad to be refocusing our attention for the next 30 minutes or so um, and excited for the conversation that we're about to have. Yeah, I'm with you, Chris. I have been feeling distracted and honestly a little anxious myself for the last um, 24 hours. So I think in some ways these sort of feelings have been the backdrop or maybe even the forefront for many of our lives for the past nine months in particular. And so today we are very glad to be in the room with Sandra Malone, the Director of Care Team Development here at Blackhawk Church. Um, Sandra is responsible for training and equipping staff and volunteers to come alongside people who are hurting in our community. Uh, she and her team have been playing such a crucial role in providing care for our church in this tough season. So Sandra, welcome and thank you for joining us. And also thanks to your team for all the ways that you have been walking alongside our community in this season. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to the conversation as well. And uh, there's probably not a, a day that goes by that we are not having some form of conversation about how to navigate and uh, walk through uh, the, these times and tough seasons in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, on Sunday, Michael talked about facing our giants, those tough things in our lives that stand in the way of us becoming who God desires for us to be. Uh, and he talked a little bit about this. Sometimes they're really big and obvious things, um, but I think other times they're smaller things that kind of simmer under the surface and build up over time if we're not actively pursuing God and paying attention to our own mental and spiritual health. Um, so today we have asked Sandra to talk to us about the importance of taking care of ourselves. Um, so to start us off, Sandra, we know that self-care is kind of a buzzword these days, and I think it's a concept that can be easily misunderstood. Um, so how would you define self-care and why is it important in our lives as Christ followers? Great. Um, I would describe self-care as intentional and thoughtful taking care of ourselves for the purpose of living out our days in a wholehearted and purposeful way that we are able to wake up and enter into the day and enter into the week and enter into our lives with the people around us with hope and a sense of future uh, before us. And uh, so I think that this happens by attending to our overall health. I think that self-care happens in the realms of uh, emotional, physical, mental, and relational mm. well-being. And I think it's super important as believers because, and this I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this, uh, I really believe that this is important because it's ordained by God. 
Um, from my perspective and my understanding of Scripture, and I've been walking with the Lord for a long time, He very clearly instructs us to live our lives in ways that are intended for our overall health and well-being. He does not want us depleted. He instructs us to uh, have good work to do, meaning work that's purposeful and uh, fills us, is life-giving. He instructs us to enter into rest. He instructs us to celebrate. He instructs us to grieve and rejoice with one another. Um, and <clears throat> all of that is a part of self-care. And ultimately, it's a part of as we go through life doing those things and taking care of ourselves, it is a part of tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, which mm. is what he instructs us to do in Psalm 34, 8. Mm. And that's really a verse that I, I cling to because I think it is a journey of discovery to see that the Lord is good. And I think that self-care is very much a part of that. Mm. I love that. Um, Sandra, I had a friend in college who... Um, was very ambitious, loved to care for other people, and would, would often result in uh, her not sleeping very much. And so when we approached her about this thing, like, hey, we were uh, roommates, and I was like, hey, you actually don't sleep very much. Can you talk, like, why, why shouldn't you? Like, you can say no to that person, you know? And she said, uh, well, I can, just, I can just sleep when I die. Like, I, I have too much to do here. Um, there's too much at stake here. And so this kind of this idea that actually is popular in some Christian circles of uh, we have a mission, uh, we are to die to ourselves, to expend ourselves for you know the sake of others. Um, but what I hear you talking about is that we can, <laughs> that is not how God has designed us. Um, God didn't design us to go, go, go and do, 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 but instead he has designed us within need, our bodies need sleep would need healthy food, need rest and Sabbath. And mm-hmm. um, so I really love the way that, that you describe self-care. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if, if we go, 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 and we take that, um, yes, we die, we die to ourselves as believers, um, raised to live a new life, uh, rooted and grounded in Christ, uh, but Christ regularly took time out from his ministry for prayer, for silence, for solitude, just for fellowship with his disciples. Uh, he, he instructed us to do that in the Old Testament, and he, he demonstrated it in his ministry in the New Testament. And uh, in current day language, what that addresses is compassion fatigue. So when you are giving, giving, giving to people, uh, generally speaking, um, you are going to, what we say in our world, you're going to fry yourself. You're going to burn out. You're going to experience deep compassion fatigue, which often renders people... uh, useless for periods of time and they have to come out and recover and uh, now I've been working in people fields caring for people since I was 20 years old I am much older than that now (laughs) and uh, and that you know if I if I did not take time to take care of myself and if I did not pay attention to the warning signs that I am starting to become depleted, 
uh, I would not still be doing what I'm doing, and I would not be able to do it with the joy and love and delight that I get to do it. I'm super thankful that I get to do what I do, but I have had to learn how to take care of myself quite well, not just from work, but because of family stressors and other relational stressors that exist. And so life is, life is hard, and God knows that. Mm-hmm. And he has wired our bodies for uh, we are to feed our bodies well. We are to get sleep. We are to be in community with other people. Uh, all those things feel, uh, that is all self-care. Um, and we're just talking about being thoughtful and intentional about it when we see the warning signs that are saying, ah, we might be losing some perspective. Mm, that's good. And so, you know, I think about these past nine months in particular, and how many of us have experienced these last nine months very differently. Some of us may be very aware of our exhaustion. Some of us may be less aware of our exhaustion, Um, right? We know that 2021, new year, doesn't mean new, that 2020 is going to change at all. um, So can you talk about especially for those people who may not be aware mm-hmm. of kind of their, their stress and exhaustion levels. Can you talk about what are those warning signs when it's, we're no longer in the normal kind of stress realm, but, but it's elevated to a point where we need to be taking some intentional steps? Excellent. Yeah, I can very much talk to that. I, I am wired in such a way that when there are unusual circumstances and there is a need to amp up your energy and your creative problem solving, I'm very much wired to do that. That That's so, so over the last nine months, the first five months, I was pretty energized and I had a lot of energy. I worked a lot of hours. I had to rework how we did our groups. The whole ministry had to be reworked and we had to do it quickly. And, and that, that's like exciting to me. So the first five months, I'm like totally energized. I'm putting in all this time. And years ago, I worked from home. So I know better than to (laughs) uh, stay at work for 10 to 12 hours a day at my desk in my house. But I started finding myself doing that. Mm -hmm. And about the five, five and a half hour or five and a half month mark, I started noticing that... um, My sleep was lessening. I was waking up in the middle of the night. I have some sleep issues where I can wake up anywhere from 90 to 180 minutes in the night, um, two to three hours sometimes. And, um, And that was starting to happen. I started noticing that I was becoming quite impatient with uh, the people that I was no longer around. I would see them in Zoom. We didn't have a lot of interactions, but I found myself lacking patience. I found myself uh, angry at times, Mm -hmm. and I found myself very unempathetic to other people around me. Um, my job is to be empathetic. Mm-hmm. And so that was a big <laughs> warning yeah. sign to me that something was amiss yeah. and that I needed to look at what was happening. I, I am in my 50s and I am very aware of my indicators mm-hmm. that I'm not balanced and, and it does not it does not turn out well for the people that are on the receiving end of what I'm supposed to be doing well. When you realize that, Sandy, what did you do next? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So for me, uh, it is all about dialing into into God, and um, and so it, it. I become. I slow my pace down, and I start to carve out some time, and I sit. Uh, Generally, I sit quietly or I start taking lots of walks, mm. but it's by myself. I don't want any noise in my ears, and I want to use that time to think and talk to God. And so that can be a spattering throughout my day. You know, it could be 15 to 30 minutes of a walk on a beautiful sunny afternoon. Um, it might be making a cup of tea at three o'clock in the afternoon and sitting in the sun in a window um, and reflecting. More often than not, it is when I'm not staying up too late, it's getting up earlier. My children weren't allowed to get up before 7 a.m. Uh, outside of school <laughs> because my time was so important in the morning. And it's just, it's tea, it's reflection, it's thinking. So it, it, that is, it's going back. I'm going mm. back to scripture. I'm going back to uh, time with God. I'm asking him very candid questions. I'm an empty nester, a new empty nester, and I talk out loud with God all the time. It's just an ongoing conversation that I start having with God. And I'm fortunate in that I'm in a, in a place by myself and I can do that out loud <laughs> without anybody thinking that something strange is going on. <laughs> but that's really me regrounding and it starts, it starts there. That's great. I really appreciate, yeah, just talking about some of those warning signs and you being kind of vulnerable with how, how you experience that. Um, I think early when this pandemic started, if I'm honest, I don't know if I've talked about this on here before, but I had, uh, well, for, I'm not really someone that really has chronically dealt with anxiety or anything like that. It's just never really been an issue. Um, but a couple weeks into this, I had probably what would be described as like a minor panic attack or anxiety attack. Mm. Um, and I was like, where in the world did that come from? But I looked back on that. And as I've kind of dug into some of the things that you're talking about, I've learned to recognize some of those warning signs, things that are going on mm -hmm. in my body, the like shortness of my attitude toward my kids <laughs> or my spouse or those types of things. Mm -hmm. um, all of those are kind of indications that, okay, Chris, there's something you need to be paying attention to here and you need to pull back like you're talking about dial in with with the lord and kind of examine some of this kind of stuff so i just think for so many of us we're dealing with this anxiety but it's kind of hidden under the surface we're either like numbing it with netflix <laughs> and just like distracting yeah. ourselves <laughs> or on the opposite end of the spectrum some of us are like trying to keep businesses alive or you're in healthcare and you're just going 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 and we're not paying attention to our bodies we're not paying attention to these emotions um, so yeah, I just really appreciate you talking about some of those warning signs. It's so huge. We can avoid, um, I mean, even like Michael talked about, we can avoid some of the big giants and some of the big eruptions that happen in our lives. Um, if we learn to, um, be in touch with some of those things. Absolutely. And there, you know, there are physical signs. I'm also someone like, I, I know what kind of headache I get when I'm, yeah. um, when, when, it's, I'm just, when I'm stressed, mm -hmm. I know what my eating habits start to look like. I know what my body, how my body responds to food 
when I'm stressed. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, yeah, it, it is, it's an important, I, you know, back to your earlier question, Tiffany, if we go, go and go and do not learn those things about our lives, we're really, I mean, it's really a, a a beating up of Mm -hmm. our bodies and our minds and our souls. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and I think, that is so not what God would have us do. You know, his spirit lives and breathes within us. And he's created our bodies beautifully and wonderfully. And, um, and so to learn what our bodies look like in health and what our bodies look like when we are depleted and when we are becoming unhealthy or when we have been traumatized, um, it's, you know, then we can start to move toward him and move towards restoration and refreshment mm-hmm. and so it's it's it is really important to recognize those things so also too is there there can be an attitude of you can start to feel yourself like losing hope in general mm-hmm. of like this is never going to end you know when you start to hear yourself using language very hyperbolic language it's, you know uh, this is never going to end. I'm always going to be, you know, in this state. I, I just can't get out of this place. Um, that too, I, I, you know, those are, that's real, uh, those are tools of Satan to deceive us. And, um, and so catching, catching our language, if we're really beating ourselves up, um, you know, that's, we want to pay for, pay attention to that. Those are real signs of if we're beating ourselves up and we are without hope, um, those are signs of really emotional and mental strain. And um, yeah, not to be ignored. That's good. So many of us are listening and saying, okay, Sandy, you have my attention. I realize that I, I do need, like I, I, I'm identifying with some of the things that you're saying. Um, what steps in general can we begin to take, um, whether that be in our health, uh, our, our, our physical health, our emotional health, our mental health? Um, what, what are some things that we can move towards? You know, we are so much in a time where we have so much information available to us. Uh, We even have our doctors readily available to us. You know, you can get online and you can email your doctor and you can start asking questions. And um, we we get to ask questions and uh, and we get to ask questions of people who are actually in the know. And we can access information from people who are actually in the know. Like I, I think. You know, for a long time, we, we, this was not very long ago, 10, 15 years ago, people were like, oh, yeah, I can, I can live on five hours of sleep a week or a day, a night. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and really, we know now there is enough information and research out there that, no, actually, you're, you're going to decline. You're going to physically decline if you limit yourself to that kind of sleep. And so it's looking at your habits and, and lining them up with some of the plumb lines that we have in so many places. 
And, uh, you know, and I think so much, I have a nephew who's a researcher, a science researcher for cancer. And it is so fun to talk with him because in his research, his, he's a believer, deep faith, and his whole research is about learning what, what is God teaching us through this, you know? And so it's like, if we can start to look at the information of like, this is just what God is trying to reveal to us, whether the researcher recognizes that or not, we do as believers. So going, being willing to go and look at that information and, and, assessing where, okay, where am I upset? What is this usually an indicator of? What do I need to be thinking? Who can I call and talk to about this? So that would be for major symptoms. But if you're, if you're annoyed, I'm kind of bouncing around here at the moment. So first steps, back to your question, (laughs) would be that you would want to, I would write down what's going on in my life. And I would write down and identify what am I concerned about. And I'm not a big journaler. I journal primarily when I'm in distress. And so I do have my share of journals but because um, I've been in distress. But if, when I start getting concerned, I just start writing things down and uh, seeing what patterns there are and seeing how they are all related. And then I start looking at my habits that I'm engaged in? What are my habits looking like? Which habits are good for me and which habits are not? Which habits are depleting? Which habits are destructive? And, um, and then I try to begin to align how do I move towards the habits that are life-giving, that are healthy, that are restorative. And those habits generally fall into rhythms in my life. And uh, and so I look to then I look kind of look at my day, the day in the life of Sandra or the day in the week of Sandra. And I start trying to lay things out of what I know is realistic. So you both have heard me talking before about reasonable and sustainable. I am not a pie in the sky Mm-hmm. All in, all out, because I would be so discouraged. <laughs> um, and so I try to identify what are reasonable next steps that I can take in moving towards some aspect of what I see going on that would be helpful. And, uh, and again, that's laid out in my conversation with God. Mm. And, uh, you know, when you're driving down the road and you're in your car by yourself, which we're not doing a whole lot right now, but, you know, we still have moments, uh, that's a good time to talk out loud to God about some of these things. Mm. But, um, and then it's, you know, and that those rhythms have flexibility. There's latitude in your rhythms. But when you start to really think about, and you can Google it, like in preparation for this, I did some quick searches of rhythm versus routine. It's, it's very interesting. It's a broader uh, brush sweep and uh, has lots, leaves lots of room for the unexpected things of your life. And there's less of a sense of, oh, I'm failing because I'm not doing this. Like that, that's not where we want to go. You don't, that's just going to heap on, mm-hmm. heap on more. Mm-hmm. So, so that, 
Is that very clear? I, yeah, I, yeah, I love that. I, yeah. I even think I was identifying with you as you were talking about that. I remember early in the pandemic, I was having some trouble making some boundaries between when work was over and mm -hmm. when family life began. Um, I, we had found ourselves kind of pushing further and further into the evening. Um, so for me, I said, okay, I want a rhythm of, of movement at the end of the day to mark something because I was trying to kind of uh, push back this tendency to overwork, which is one of my yep. tendencies when I feel anxiety or stress. I think I can control this, right? That's right. Um, and so I really identified with that of saying, okay, whatever that movement is, it's taking a walk, it's taking a run, it's whatever it is. It doesn't have to be, you know, exact, but right. um, yeah. That's, that's so helpful. I love the encouragement for it to be reasonable too. Like I've had mentors <laughs> and I've like processed through some things that I wanted to change. And I'm like a, like a fixer and I'm like, let's go do it. And so they'd say like, well, what can you do to, to work on this area of life? And I list off like 10 things, right? And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, 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 like pick one or two and actually do it. Otherwise you're just going to feel guilty that you yeah. like couldn't sustain all of these other things. And so, yeah, yeah let's be realistic um, about <laughs> about the things that we're doing and, and, and really try to, to go after that. That's absolutely right. Because what that also does, if you are, are choosing one or two areas and you're you're able to move towards them because they're reasonable, because they may be baby steps. And, you know, you're just getting back into the rhythm of including these things in your life. There is this like growing sense of, oh, okay. Okay, I, I, I was able to do that. And, and that, that gives a sense of optimism. It's a building of competency. It's a, you know, and if you fall back, you're like, yeah, but you know what? I, I've gotten back into the groove at another time. So I don't need to let that defeat me because I know I can look at other parts of my life where I was able to reinsert that. And, and I know that it's beneficial. And so what did I do then? You know, there's this yeah. like looking back at your markers of like, oh, when did that work? And why do I identify that as something that is functionally healthy for me? And you, know, you can start to, there's this reflection of like what has worked that also is very, it spurs you on, you know, it, 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 it's filled with hope rather than, oh, I will never be able to do that. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I believe in, in the football coaching world, they would call that like stacking successes, like a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. You're just getting a little bit better every single a little, every single day. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe no one else will relate <laughs> to that, but maybe for the, the men or the people that have played sports in, in the, that are listening. Yeah. Um, Can I just say one other thing from yeah. a rhythm standpoint? Um, rhythms are, are really so very, very important. And I have the really... I'm super privileged and thankful that I get to work in the groups that I work in. And I think of uh, my, the mental health groups that I've been able to be a part of. And uh, my son manages mental health challenges and he's given me permission to mention this. So um, he's back from school and it's been really fantastic. He's just a young man. He's, he's 20 years old and he took a gap year and he's down at school in Florida. And so he's back. He hadn't been back since August 29th. I hadn't seen him. And so when he, when he came back in, I was, you know, concerned about his transition back into home. I'm living in a new place. And, um, 
And I was just, I was so, it was, it was as a mother, but it was like, and maybe as a ministry person, it was so interesting to see him apply rhythms to life at home in a way that I had never seen him apply rhythms at home. And, and how that has served him over these six weeks. He returns to school on Saturday. And, you know, and he, he has ADHD and routine is like the worst thing in his life. I mean, he can't stand anything that mm-hmm. has lots of routine. He really pushes against that. That is not his wiring. But boy, rhythm. And we talked about this coming into this podcast of like how important for him rhythm it is. It, it interrupts some of the things that he gets caught up in, screen time. And believe me, young people are not the only ones who get caught up in screen time. But when he's building in his rhythms, it just has this positive compounding effect yeah. in how he's able to, to manage and, and go through his, his days and his changes and his transitions. So... mentioned uh you know you work with these different care groups um sandra can you share a little bit about a couple of the upcoming groups a lot of the different groups here at blackhawk are are launching as we speak Mm -hmm. uh, including the care groups so um can you tell us about some of those um and maybe any other resources that are available for people that are looking for just a little extra support right now that's right um i would call that shoring up your supports Uh, During very, very stressful times in life, whether it's now during a pandemic or um, divorce care, which is one of our groups that is starting up on February 1st, um, when people are going through separation and divorce or they're managing and and, um, developing resilience with mental health, um, big life changes require us to shore up our supports. And showing up our supports is really a taking stock of who do we have in our life, what rhythms do we have in our life, and do we need to add into those rhythms, do we need to add into those resources. Um, And sometimes that is something that I didn't talk about, like sometimes it's seeing your doctor and talking about what you're observing in yourself and addressing them. and, and that may be, so I'm going to use my son as an example again. He at one point moved into getting a doctor, with his doctor, seeking out a nutritionist. And um, he has, you know, he has a prescribing physician. And so medication is a part of his management. And so the, the groups, in the groups that we run, you hear all those sorts of things about what does it look like to shore up your supports. So it can be professional resources. Who are your friends? Are they friends that, um, that accept you for who you are, who build you up, 
who don't have unrealistic expectations of you. And sometimes groups, if you are lacking some of those things, groups can, can bring that uh, component into your life because you're stepping into a room with people who are experiencing some of the similar things that, that you are. Uh, so living grace is one of those. Living grace begins... Um, the 17th. 17th. There we go. Yes. All right. All right. Um, we start up on January 17th for Living Grace. We have two groups that run for Living Grace. And Living Grace is for people who have lived experience. It's their own part of their own story that they are managing mental health challenges. And, um, and it's curriculum-based material. Every week stands on its own. Um, and those folks come every Sunday night, three Sundays on, one Sunday off, and they get to know one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, and work through material that is all oriented towards building resilience in your mental health journey. And it is also all material that is about integrating your faith into your mental health journey. And one of the, the things, the two things that I've heard most is I've never had an environment where I could integrate faith into my mental health journey. Mm. This is so great for that. Um, and then the second thing is I've never been able to step into a group where I didn't have to pretend to be something that I'm not. Mm. Or I didn't have to pretend that I don't have something going on in my life. Or I don't need to keep it secret. I don't need to keep it he hidden. And so that's, it's a it's a really healthy group um, from that standpoint. Divorce care, as I said, that starts on February 1st. Those are for people who are um, going through separation or divorce or are anticipating a separation. And that also is curriculum-based. We are running our groups presently virtually online, and those have been really sweet. People are very comfortable in their own homes. All of the curriculum is available to you uh, in your home. So Divorce Care has videos. They watch those videos at home, and then they enter in with a group of people to discuss the content. Um, lots of community, lots of sharing. People are very transparent and vulnerable, fantastic facilitators. It's just a really rich time of getting support at a time when you really, really need it. Uh, and a lot of people don't understand what it is that you're going through and why it's so, you, you just can't keep track of all the details. Mm. So, and then Beyond Boundaries is another group that we are running uh, later in February, the third week of February, I believe the third Monday of February is when that one begins. And it's all on the, on the website under our, on our groups page, the Blackhawk groups page. And it's very clear, clearly laid out there with dates, how you register and all of that. But Beyond Boundaries is for people who have had um, some traumatic relational experiences, whether that's in the workplace, with children, with parents, with spouses, and rebuilding after those relationships when you've had to set really hard boundaries or parameters with people and you're looking to um, move beyond that and because it may have left you feeling cynical or fearful um, and you want to move past those places. So uh, later in the semester, we are running more to the story, but that won't be until March. And that also is on there. And that's for people with lived experience dealing with managing mental health challenges who want to um, 
break down some of our stigma, that those of us who do not manage mental health challenges, we often carry a lot of stigma towards people who are managing that. And the best way to reduce our stigma is to have someone in our life who's willing to share about it. And so that workshop um, is about people learning how to shape their story and share it with others in the settings that they deem best and necessary for wherever they are. Um, and, and they get to decide when, where, and with whom they share. And so uh, it's, a, it's a really sweet little six-week uh, group. So That's great. That sounds, those, all those groups sound really helpful. And I'm hoping that for our listeners that this might be a really great next step um, for them. And so thanks for sharing about mm-hmm. those. Sandy, as we kind of wrap up, are there any other things, any last things that uh, you'd like to share with the community? Yep. I think that um, it would be important for anybody listening that they know that even if you're just feeling knocked off balance and feeling unsettled and starting to feel concerned about how you are doing in certain aspects of your life, and you're not sure what your next steps are, that's really what the care ministry is there for. Um, We have people, uh, our care responders take calls from people all the time. We can work through counseling recommendations. We can work through uh, one-to-one care opportunities where people, if you feel like, oh my gosh, I've exhausted the people around me, I just got a great email about that from someone this morning who shared like, I want to talk to somebody. She's got a counselor. I want to talk to somebody. And my friends have been great, but I also feel like I need someone that I can continue to have the conversation with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there are resources, and that, that is available at any time. If you go, to the, again, to the, our website, it'll, we can tell you how to reach care response. And they are very attuned to all of the ministries, all the pastoral support uh, within care, outside of care, and as well as within the greater Madison area. So um, that is absolutely, if you just really don't know where to start, you should, you should reach out. Well, we can definitely put the care website uh, in, in our show notes so that people can kind of get a direct line to right. that. Yeah. Great. Can I just say to you, I know we're wrapping up, um, but I feel compelled to say this. Uh, maybe maybe even just to the men listening, like uh, taking advantage of these resources or just the idea of self-care in general is not a sign of weakness. I mean, men aren't the only people that need to need to hear that, but... Um, like God has created us. We are not infinite beings, right? Like we sometimes think that we are, um, but we're created to need rest, to need to recharge. Um, it's not a sign that we're, you know, we're not complete men or complete human beings or something like that. It's actually kind of a beautiful thing when you think about it, that like we are in need of God. We are dependent on him. It's an opportunity to draw closer to him um, and intimacy with him, whether it's through Sabbath or some of these different rhythms and practices that you've been talking about. So uh, you don't have to feel ashamed to take advantage of these different things or like you're a lesser person. God has created us that way. He's created us to need him and to only be um, complete in him. So uh, yeah, be encouraged. Everyone's going through this stuff right now. Um, we're we're all in need of this. This has been such a, a blessing to me to be a part of this conversation. So, 
Well, thank you so much. It, It has been very sweet for me as well. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Well, you all, as always, thanks uh, for joining us today. We want to encourage you to meet us here next week where we will be interviewing Michelle Owen, a licensed counselor, about things such as managing anxiety and how to care for our kids in this season, a topic that is so very important right now. So whether that be for yourself or for someone that you love. So we hope that you have a great week and we will see you again soon.